Welcome to The World in 10. It's a quick look at some of the stories in today's Times of London. I'm Jenny Barsby. And I'm Stuart Willey. Today, a late-night warning from Israel to Gazans, move south. And then the phones went dead. We'll tell you what happened next. Also, we find out what's happening in Acapulco after Category 5 Hurricane Otis ripped through the Mexican city. And do you fancy seeing some banned art? A new museum contains some very controversial pieces. It opens in Barcelona. That's all coming up in the next 10 minutes. Three weeks to the day since that raid by Hamas terrorists into Israel and a new phase of the conflict now seems to have begun. On Friday night, Israel's defence forces warned Gazans ground forces are expanding their operations tonight. It's time to move south, they said, and then the phones in the territory went dead. An enormous intensification of the aerial bombardments lit up the darkness over Gaza. The Israeli Air Force says 100 fighter jets dropped hundreds of weapons, they say, on targets connected to Hamas. With phones and internet cut off, it's difficult to know what's going on inside Gaza. Aid groups say they can't support civilians. The UN warning hospitals and humanitarian operations just can't run without communications. Well, we've heard from the Times Middle East correspondent Louise Callahan. She's near the border with Gaza in southern Israel. So from where we are, we can hear every few seconds loud booms in the distance and we can hear jets going overhead. We can see smoke rising uh, in the distance over Gaza, uh, which is less than a mile away. So it looks as if that relentless bombardment, which was going on last night, is continuing today uh, and that there's really been no let up this morning. From the very few people who've got foreign SIM cards or a satellite phone connection in Gaza, the, what, what we're hearing, the tiny little bits of information that are trickling out, is just that it's absolute chaos. Complete chaos, terror, people don't understand what's going on. They can't reach each other in Gaza, they can't reach their loved ones who are outside Gaza. This, this bombardment has hit really, really hard overnight. Israel said they struck more than 150 targets. So these people who have already been living many cases without uh, electricity or fuel, very little food and water for weeks. This is now an added terror. Louise told us she's been talking with Israeli troops at a checkpoint set to move into the territory. Asked if they would be in Gaza soon, one just said, inshallah. Amid the bombardment, Israeli tanks have rolled into Gaza on two fronts. The IDF spokesman says they're acting with great force to achieve the objectives of the war. Now, thousands have joined protests against the escalation around the world, including here in London. And while most are calling for a ceasefire, London's police fear that Iranian agents are stoking tensions with regime-linked operatives said to be on the fringes of the rallies and online disinformation. The veteran Times writer Michael Binion, a former diplomatic correspondent, has given us some context. As well as the actual military operation, there is a there is a real battle going on for a public opinion, uh, global opinion. I mean, the world is looking at this uh, with increasing horror and alarm, and the Muslim world in particular is getting extremely angry and upset at what they see is the repressive and, uh, frankly, uh, cruel nature of Israel's uh, handling of the situation and the constant bombardments in Gaza. Now, the fact that we're not hearing from Gaza doesn't mean that uh, things are going to be any easier. In fact, that obviously is a suggestion it will be worse and that the public opinion throughout the Muslim world will be even more inflamed because uh, I think people know that if uh, communications as well as essential things like electricity and water are cut off, then the suffering of the civilians is extraordinary. 
And I think the Allies are going to make that point to the Israelis, but they're not going to desert Israel, having backed Israel's right for t uh, to retaliate and to disarm and dismantle Hamas. They're not suddenly going to say, well, you can't do that after all. To Mexico now, where Hurricane Otis has caused what can only be described as complete devastation in the resort of Acapulco. The pictures you can see in the Times of London show boats smashed on what were once pristine beaches, apartment blocks open to the elements and people just completely dazed by the destruction around them. The World in 10 spoke to journalist John Von Figlio. He's based in Mexico. He told us the hurricane just came out of nowhere. What we're beginning to... Uh, to see on the ground is an image of complete devastation, not just in Acapulco, but in the surrounding areas around Guerrero. The government uh, hasn't been particularly forthcoming with statistics. Uh, casualty figures currently stand at 27 dead and four missing, but we've, that's been the, the case for, for a couple of days. And given the looting that we've been seeing in the last 24 hours, it's clear that the authorities don't really have a handle on the situation, especially outside of the centre of uh, Acapulco. As far as uh, the statistics that are emerging that we can trust, uh, about four and five hotels uh, have been damaged. Tourists are currently being evacuated. Communications and access are only just coming back uh, online. And uh, the current damage is estimated to be in excess of $15 billion. Tales of tragedy have started to emerge. We hear about the woman who's looking for a three-year-old girl swept out of her mother's arms in a mudslide. Despite that, Mexico's president, Andrés Manuel López Obrador, says he's thankful the death toll wasn't higher. La gente pues, se resguardó, se protegió, y por eso, afortunadamente... He's saying here that's down to people staying in and protecting themselves. He says the hurricane was very strong. They had no precedent for it. Muy fuerte. Lo que aquí se dice no tiene precedente. Now, nearly 8,400 members of Mexico's Army, Air Force and National Guard have been deployed in and near Acapulco to assist with the cleanup. But it's unclear at this stage where the billions in dollars will come from to rebuild the city to anything like its former glory. As a dream I feel so well, this time tomorrow, we'll have a new Rugby World Cup champion. South Africa take on the All Blacks in a repeat of a 1995 final, which the Springboks won on home soil. This time, it's being held in Paris. The Times chief sports writer Owen Slot says he thinks it will be quite a spectacle. We have the two established best teams since the game went professional. They've each won three Rugby World Cups. Um, no one else has won more than two. One of these two will be sitting on four um, world titles by the end of tonight. So it does have a, a sort of a huge element to it. That sort of, if you spoke to a Kiwi or a South African, they would tell you that this is the ultimate game, the biggest game on the planet. How about you, Stu? Are you going to be watching? Ah, uh, how can I not? Rooting for the All Blacks all the way. Well, I will bring you the result in tomorrow's podcast. Also tomorrow, you can hear about El Salvador's divisive leader, Nayib Bukele, and his crackdown on gang crime. Lots of poor people hanging around outside jails who haven't had any word about 
their loved ones who are in prison. They don't know necessarily which jail they're in even. And it's an appalling situation for them because they're also asked to hand over money uh, to pay for food and clothing for, for prisoners uh, when when they're not even told, you know, where, where the, their own loved ones are being held. Before we go, we must draw your attention to a story by The Times' Isambard Wilkinson, what a great name, who's written about a brand new museum which has opened in Barcelona. So what I hear you cry, well, mm-hmm, this is not your everyday run-of-the-mill museum. This is a museum of banned art. Stu, give us an idea <laughs> of what people can look at. It may, I don't think, be everyone's cup of tea. I think that might be an understatement. The works include a life-size sculpture of a uniformed General Franco frozen in a fizzy drinks <laughs> and Saddam Hussein suspended in a water tank wearing only some tighty whities. There's also a portrait of Chairman Mao by Andy Warhol and a sculpture. It's called McJesus. It's by a Finnish artist, Yanni Leonanen. Controversial it may be. His name also very hard to, uh, to say. But I have to say, I'm quite tempted to go and have a visit to this place it sounds fascinating it's a really striking piece the the mick jesus it's it's jesus in the very familiar pose but wearing an outfit from mcdonald's <laughs> i don't think you ever see that character anymore at mcdonald's to be honest maybe that's why <laughs> and that is it for today's world in 10 we're back tomorrow <laughs> 